you're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. You're with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And it's that most wonderful time of the year. It's time for our annual Marco Corbelli episode. That is correct. And this year we wanted to do something slightly different in that we decided to cover Mortar Machine, sometimes known as A-Track's Morgue featuring Mortar Machine, sometimes known as A-Track Morgue's Mortar Machine, and sometimes mm-hmm. known as Just Mortar Machine. But the album we picked for this year is Mortar Machine Death Show from 1998. And this was released as a cassette as well as a CD. And we'll be discussing the CD version because the CD version has one extra track that is not on the cassette the final track and as always in our annual a tracks episode we are not doing recent listening but we are doing recent viewing and that viewing being an italian giallo slash horror movie so slash slasher Exactly. So we each have picked out a movie, and I believe all three, it always feels like there's something very much related to Marco in the movies we pick. And in fact, we did get confirmation that one of last year's picks, Gray's pick, House with the Laughing Windows, was in fact an absolute favorite of Marco's. We did get that confirmed Mm -hmm. after the episode was released. I do love that movie so much, too. It's just so good. And it makes sense. We, when we were talking about 100%. it, it's like, it's a Marco movie. <laughs> it's insane that still a year later, no one's done it. A proper Blu-ray of it. I'm still waiting for Severin or Vinegar Syndrome to take the reins. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully by next year, we will have a great Blu-ray copy. Let's of House all of wish Windows. together yes. for a proper release of House of Laughing Windows. Absolutely. Well, great. What movie do you have on the dead brain? So I've been I've been watching a fair bit of Italian stuff lately. Demons and Demons 2 have been on like constant rotation uh, as it's October and they're just always getting played. Hey, related to our picks. And mm-hmm. it's correct. And they're so relaxing. It's just such a nice. That's their comfort movies for sure. Yes, definitely. And also, I watch uh, Phenomena again, the Dario Argento. You know uh, that we've been really flying the Phenomena flag since our rewatch last year. Yeah. And you had also said, man, it's better than ever. It really Someone is. Someone else mentioned that to us, and then we took the plunge, and we immediately were in love with it more so than we ever thought what's not to love chimpanzees insects communicating telepathically unusual accents and strange acts of murder oh i love the scene where when jennifer connelly's in the room and like it's like when you when she's really communicating with the insects and all the people are seeing it happen I love that. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm intensely uh, jealous right now. That's phenomenal. I love that scene. Yeah. But well, we could watch it. We own it. Oh, well, we will. Well, you watch it anytime. It's a great movie. We can put it on right now. Pause and come back and record. But let's not do that. Let's Let, continue let's hear what, with this great Let's hear discussion. what Gray's been watching. Wait, actually, Gray, I'm curious before we get into it, though. I mean, I, I sort of feel that it's a hard to say Demons 1 or Demons 2 being your favorite. But on this year's watch... Where do you stand with what, how you're stacking them? You know what is funny? The more I watch them, the more they're the exact same movie to me. Uh, <laughs> from casting decisions and just vi- like they feel. I, I really can't place one over the other. They're both. They're equally great. They're, they're tied. They're totally tied. I will say that Demons 2 has the. Oh, these these. These sleeves, they're just going back and forth. Like the super <laughs> bitchy birthday party. The soundtrack as and, well. Yeah, and oh, when God. the when you have the when the cult rain yeah. comes in and then the dead can dance track 
when they're coming up the the stairs or yeah. coming downstairs, we, that. But then you got like except fast as a shark in the first one. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's the like whole soundtracks are amazing. Is the thing yeah, too? It's like the, and they're different. just they're just yeah. they're just like intrinsically linked at this point. They're no yeah. They're they're the same movie. I watch them. I tend to watch them like within yeah. proximity of each other too. Like if I watched Demons yeah. earlier this week, then it would be Demons two up next. At, like sometime this week, it's just just how it's been. But they're they're definitely like comfort movies, much like. uh zombie three and four they're just sure. they become mm-hmm. like my comfort yeah. movies i throw them on when i need something on while i'm folding paper or, you know doing whatever but none of those are my pick for this fine episode my pick is umberto lenzi's 1974 mystery slasher obsessive weird plot twist giallo spasmo Excellent. And um, this movie makes me think of Marco because of a lot of the photos of him with dolls uh, dressed up in drag, uh, stabbing plastic dolls, toys, mannequins like those. That's something in this movie as well. I mean, the first the first sort of death in the movie, uh, not to give away too many spoilers, but this is like opening scene stuff is you know it's a mannequin there's a lot of stabbed mannequins in this movie uh and some fake deaths and fake murders and all sort uh, it's just such a good weird one and it's so Lindsay's really funny because that those carol baker movies he did they're they feel very uh like film noir inspired and they're not quite as blatant as this would get or some of his later stuff would get but the tone of that is still here too it's very much a like double cross kind of it reminded me on this viewing of uh strange vice of mrs ward oh man mm-hmm. the best they're very different movies but there's the same sort of kind of ideas at play in them that uh yeah i don't know i like the i like the mystery and the sort of faked faked death maybe vibe of of that kind of thing so i don't know when was the last time you guys watched spasmo a long long time way, ago way back in the, too long yeah like back in the uh the days where we were watching stuff you know a, a lot the three of us yeah uh so it hasn't it has haven't had a recent revisit and yeah, don't have like a new who who do you have is it's not in that box right because because that's the yeah it's not in that box this is uh Susie Kendall as the star so the other no no Carol Baker right. in this one that's right so that's right. this was a why can't I find it I think uh Shout Factory or Shriek Show one of them did it this I have the Scorpion Blu-ray though but I believe there's another version of it that's more accessible than the Scorpion releasing version gotcha and soundtrack well, by Ennio Morricone like Heck yeah fantastic perfect. soundtrack it is one of his they're all some of his best of course but this right. one's like just it's really good you can listen to it anytime and plays well in the movie uh, also ivan rasimov who's in a bunch of my favorite like sergio martino stuff i love him he is so good at being like strangely menacing or also sometimes like beguilingly innocent well, it's those steely eyes. I mean, yes. all the colors of the dark. But yeah, it's that thing where he could either be the red herring because he's mm-hmm. so yeah. It's so those those steely eyes, stunning and steely. Yeah, steely yeah. Eyes. I know he's so great. Yeah, he he really is. So that's my pick. I I give it a, a high recommendation. I mean, if you haven't yes. seen Spasmo, I feel like it's a, a must watch. And if you have seen it and it's been a while, throw it on. Just like us, so we need to revisit it. And we did a couple, a double feature, really, over yes. here. We we uh we went wild into Bava territory, and I should probably go next if we're going to go chronologically. Yes, so we we have the old school Anchor Bay double feature, Blade in the Dark and Macabre, the Lamberto Bava mm-hmm. movies, and why we, of course, why we said the relation. Of course, he was Demons one and two director. More and more as the years go on, the Lumberto Baba movies are just constantly the rewatchers here. I mean, Delirium. Mm-hmm. Delirium been... is so good. Yeah. 
So, so good. So just good. visually stunning and, yeah. and does it so well. And when we said Anchor Bay, did everybody, did you see it? Did you yeah. see the boat? Oh, see yeah. Boat? I saw the boat. See that boat? It was coming right at me. Yeah, you know, it's cool. You know, obviously when our, in, in our track of life, the Anchor Bay DVDs were how a lot of us mm -hmm. with the first time getting the great versions. That was, you know, and back then it's like, this is, this is, the greatest these versions are ever going to be, you know, and then, you know, a couple decades later, we're waiting for the uh, 4K UHD version of something or we're like, yeah, I don't need anything else. I need the most pristine version. But yeah, this had the double feature of Macabre and Blade in the Dark. And, you know, if you've been tuning in over on myself and Tara's Hometime series on the Patreon we have just gotten so, so deeply into 80s Italian and Giallo this year. Nothing Underneath, Too Beautiful to Die, Delirium. Mm -hmm. And these are also 80s Giallo, but on the earlier side of things, so they don't necessarily have that later 80s. They're not rock and roll sleaze. The sleaze. They're, right. they're yeah. exactly. They're definitely a sleaze because, I it's mean. It's a different we're, brand of sleaze. different brand, brand of sleaze. You are totally correct, Tara. Well, why don't you get started good with and and you know i i also wanted to go next because i will say that you know i i'm nervous like when we talk about marco corbelli i just love him so much that i i you know you want to do him justice i want to do him justice yeah. and i want to speak well and and be articulate so i i will say that i'm i'm incredibly excited to discuss this but i'm also unusually i have butterflies in my stomach just thinking about all of these things that he brings up in his art. And I think that he would, if he didn't love it, would absolutely love 1980 Macabre. I can't it imagine is, that he wouldn't. And now do, and it is, you do say Macabre. You say it. I have always you said want me to macabre. say Macabre. No, no, you say it how, how the probably <laughs> the proper way, okay. but I've always just dropped that R because I never know macabre. if we're supposed to say that R huh. or not. You know, well, in Italian, it's I, macabro. There you go. Macabro. And it's also frozen terror, which oh. makes even more sense is that as the title of the movie. Fun facts about this movie. The story and screenplay were co-written by Pupi Avati, who directed mm -hmm. House of the Laughing Windows. So a exactly. tie back to last year's pick also. Exactly. Well, I'm not going to focus on the title or any pronunciation. I'm going to focus on the themes and the characters and the characters are odd and the themes are of death and obsession and sex obsession and necrophilia and boy, what a ride. Like there is no way that you can watch this for the first time, know nothing about it and have any inkling of the twists and terms that this film will take. We have a housewife who is obsessed, so obsessed with her lover that after his decapitation, she keeps her sexual fervor and fire alive in their love nest while her daughter is also obsessed with getting her mother's attention and is doing everything she can, including murder, to gain her mother's affection, to reclaim her mother's attention from that lover. But there is such a push and pull, like what will happen? Will the daughter win? Will the mother win? Will the spirit of Fred, the lover, win? And what role will the blind landlord play in all of this as he is caught between their twisted battle for psychic dominance. It is such an incredible movie set in New Orleans. A lot of Italian movies would be the beyond. Yeah. And the color schemes are those kind of yellows and browns and love mahogany gold and burgundy. You see a lot of like dead flowers and vintage drapes it's it's just right in the pocket you know a lot of let's say like fredericks of hollywood lingerie right up my alley everybody see what you think and the necrophilia aspect would tie back to my pick from last year beyond the darkness which was is such oh similar color scheme yes more italian in such an a tracks 
mm-hmm. feel for a movie, and I think Macabre is exactly that feel as well. I, the daughter in this is so great. Just unexpected. The characters are so, so unusual and individualistic. Again, I think if anybody could appreciate that strange individualism, uh, that would be Marco. The and the absolute final shot in the movie is so great. It's such a great Italian ending to a movie that you just have to see it to believe it. So I have this same double feature oh, DVD yeah. from you know from back in the day, but Classic. I cannot find it. I went looking for it when you told me these are your picks just so I could give them a rewatch uh to be fresh on them because they both sounded really fun. And I mm-hmm. cannot find my copy of this the 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 double feature in fact there's another one that had uh, it was possession and shock another bava movie that they did a double feature of but the one that i did find in my stacks of dvds was the cannibal man and mountain of the cannibal god oh wow double feature those two movies do not make sense together aside from the fact that they both have the word cannibal in the title no there there was a lot of using the word cannibal in the titles at a certain point but it wasn't it didn't necessarily uh Mm. fit yeah, Cannibal Man's miserable, and Mountain of the Cannibal Gods is, like, kind of fun. Yeah, it's like a fun adventure cannibal movie. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. It's less. It's a lot less like a Cannibal Holocaust or like Lindsay's Cannibal Ferox. More of an adventure cannibal movie. Some of the Rene Cardona movies are like that. I feel like if I had to eat part of a person, I would want to eat the butt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I feel like that's a nice big muscle. Yeah. yeah. You know? Bacon. Yeah. The fatty tissues. Well, along with that double feature, my pick is Blade in the Dark, 1983. And this one is great. It features the composer for a horror movie in an isolated house rented out for him so they can compose the soundtrack. And we, of course, watching it immediately, were like, oh, it's Marco's studio. I mean, uh, yes, it, and it ju- does look ha- like that photo of Marco's reel to reel and yeah. sin. Yeah, so you, so you sort of have to replace the grand piano with the sequential circuit six track. Yeah, but other than that, it's been, it was like we, we in our mind were like, this is Marco's studio, and even that he's got a porn mag on the desk. There's a razor blade, so we're just like, yeah, this is a hundred percent the the studio so we were immediately going with that vibe from it but it's just a really good solid giallo simple in a way that it's it's a in a way in a in a in a kind of like we're talking in a comfort way you're just you're settled in for you know what we got a killer Killing with razor yeah. blades, killing with knives. You introduce a character just to pick them off. Yes. You introduce a character, you pick them off. Stalking. Yeah. The 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 voice of the killer is heard and is that demented voice. And there's times in especially certain A tracks uh, albums and, and and songs that it almost sounds it's like, a bit like <laughs> Yeah. And then moaning. It's great. Yeah. The the pool scene is especially great. Uh, one of the characters, one of the women goes and dives in the pool and she's swimming around and sees a blade at the bottom of the pool. And this whole scene is incredible and incredibly violent. It, it had been a while since we'd seen Blade in the Dark. And it's one of those like, why has this been a while since we watched this? This is absolute perfect giallo and it even has bob yeah yeah yeah. it has the kid that's in house by the cemetery oh, he's also fantastic and he's in the beginning and it's great because his friends are teasing him you're a female you're a and you hear that a you're lot a throughout the entire film and yes. yeah you hear that a lot and you hear that a lot after watching the movie because it's the only thing you want to say after watching the movie <laughs> you're a female you're a female it's true and then and then the reveal of the whole thing because it's there's partly a movie within a movie situation going on you know some good solid red herrings but it is one where i am the absolute worst at guessing a killer and even if we've seen a movie especially giallo 
and it's been years, I will for totally forget who the killer is. Yeah. I actually I don't I didn't necessarily remember who it was, but I knew the second the killer was on, I'm like, that's the killer. I, I'm almost positive that's the killer. And I was weirdly correct. It's a rare one for me. Well, and I like I, the one of the things I love about Baba, in addition to the wonderful scenery and the nature of the violence that is introduced, is is the psychology behind everything. And and I do think that there is just a depth, but also a strangeness and individuality to his characters and to his killers uh, that, that is very exciting and makes for a great film. And this is no exception in that it has that element of the reoccurring nightmare of the stairs with the balls bouncing down the stairs slowly and, and seeing that in the film. And then the director of the film, uh, as she's relaying that reoccurring nightmare and the origins of that nightmare. And I think that that is just such a, a, a good human element. Yeah. Well, it was also called in Italy, the house with the dark staircase. Right, so the stairs mm. <laughs> tie oh, in there. Amazing, yeah, and, and the 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 DVD has like the lobby card with that with the Italian title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hell yeah, and it, it's so cool. It looks so cool. The uh, that was produced by Luciano Martino, Sergio Martino's brother, and right. uh, that's his villa that it's set at. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, such excellent. a great, so cool. Looks so amazing. So yeah, the the composer as the citizen detective in this movie you know perfect way to get in that atmosphere for today and i think it's time to get into death show now for patrons today the extra segment we're going to discuss some of the live footage that was included in the old europa cafe box set that contains this as well as Happy birthday, as well as live stuff, as well as some unreleased stuff. So if you don't have originals, it is a nice way to have a complete look at the mortar machine output. But, guys, death show. This is one of the classic pieces of 90s death industrial. And a record that... I definitely use as a benchmark for that style of thing because it's so dead and empty, not empty in terms of sound because it's very full in that regard, but it's the devoid of um, movement. It's very static kind of straightforward, but then Marco provides so much emotion through his voice and his synth manipulations that it, it offsets this very, straightforward death industrial record this is the rhythmic side of marco and that's what he would state would be the separation of what mortar machine was as opposed to atrax mortar and we have some quotes from marco himself about mortar machine that we'll be relaying throughout the episode as well as just thoughts of his in general and in the difference between atrax morgue and mortar machine marco says this mortar machine is the structure of sounds. There is a little programming like the use of static drum machine rhythms instead of a tracks morgue. It's all very improvised. And then when describing mortar machine, he says it is music made by a dead brain. It's dead music, cold as a corpse. The music of mortar machine is out of time, space and life. It is closed onto the nothing into an emptiness that repeats itself without any space and without an exit. It's the necrophiliac obsession of a body that continues to live, but it is dead. And there really is a, a difference here, though I would assume now many projects would maybe not necessarily divide it because there it is very much Atrax Morgue as well, you know, and, and especially mm -hmm. the vocals. But you know, when when you when you do listen to Atrax Morgue, I mean, there never is something as structured, even as semi-loosely structured as this is in really many or any Atrax Morgue. Yeah, the drum machine as the sort of 
focal point or tying it together and keeping this sort of same momentum on it. But there's not even necessarily like drum machine on every track. I mean, the, the reprise of I'm so doesn't have drum machine on it, or if it does, it's, it's triggering a synth or processing. It's because it's that sort of on off two note oscillation that, that propels that piece. These releases were, uh, at least in their cassette versions, Atrax Morgue featuring Murder Machine. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So it wasn't necessarily a side project, or in that way, it was incorporating something that he normally didn't, and the name was a way of letting you know that. But when it came time for the CD reissue, we did get a name change, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It just says Murder Machine on the the Slaughter CD, correct? Yes. There is the trademark Atrax synth and the vocals on this are so bleak. I mean, very much just repeated titles and phrases, and that's it. It's very, very simple. I'm so the lyrics are I'm so. <laughs> and I it's something that stuck with me for over 20 years is I'm so. You just I think about it. I don't know why, but it just <laughs> it's it's held in my head i'm so and it it kind of embodies marco to me of being so like full of not full of himself but being so himself being so marco and infatuated with the things he loved and having that take over that that's what i'm so means to me oh i absolutely feel the same and just that slow kick and that oppressive synth and those oppressive slow vocals, just this pitch black atmosphere. I'm so, and it just melts over the track, just repeated over and over and over again. And that, the, upon the repetition of I'm so, the reverb and echo that are growing and growing, and it, and it is a different type of effect that is being used on the vocals because they are just drenched and becoming exponential. It's, it's, you know, this, inescapable searing thought it's pounding in the vacuum and just just having those vocals presented in that way it's like they're truly echoing on the inside of a dead brain he's wallowing in it on this yeah and i i'm thankful for it yeah, the, there's that low synth but there's also that sort of like insectoid synth that's going yes. on in this track and there's true to form. There's the like Marco interruptions, like the switch flips off and then back on and, yeah. and cuts in. And uh, it's, it gives it character because it's unexpected. It's just Italian decisions. Yeah. And it's, it is that, you know, he says, whereas Atrax is more improvised and mortar machine isn't as much, but there's still, you know, you can't get away from yourself. There's still going to be that element of, trying something like you said flicking the switch maybe toggling something turning the knob a little bit and maybe it's like oh i'm gonna turn it back you know like, mm-hmm. but it's like it stays right and i love that about marco what's a human perfect question Indeed. for marco corbelli because he absolutely did not feel that he was one of those this is one of my favorite things that marco has said in an interview when asked about his feelings about his homeland of Italy. He said, I don't know. I'm feeling not Italian and I don't give a fuck about Italy. You can change any place in the world, but you can't change your mind and your interior life. I've always felt outside of society, living in my closed aseptic world, a world I've created specifically for myself. I love to travel, but I'm always feeling the same sensation any place I go, like a visitor from outer space. And that's why it's a perfect question for him to ask. And that shotgun blast drum and the power down synth. That's what I think of. And actually, Tara said that we were listening to it. I don't, don't remember which A-tracks we were listening to. But Tara's like, oh, it's that power down synth that he does. And I was like, I know exactly what you Shifting mean. Shifting down. Yeah, the shit. Oh, it's the that is what you said. You said downshift. You know what? Oh, you said it so better. so good. You said it better than I did. You, you called it the downshift synth. 
And I felt that that was here, that where that shotgun blast and then the downshift synth goes. Yeah, there's always something about that that kind of pulls your guts down. And, and, and I just love that sentiment that he expresses there because when you're strange and you go to a new place, it doesn't necessarily matter where you are. You're not relating to the people around you, yeah. you know, like even maybe or somebody that doesn't feel a part of a culture or even, you know, when you move around, it's like, it doesn't really matter where I am. I don't fit in anywhere I go. Yeah. And I just love and appreciate that, that sentiment and then the, the thought of just like, why even bother? I can't escape how I am. I sca- can't escape who I am. I can't be someone else and, and fit in in that way. So here I am. What is a human? It's not me. And I, I love, you know, kind of letting that feeling, you know, wash over me. And I think that that you get that in this entire release. It's that it's very controlled, but at the same time, it's so internal. It's isolated from everything else. The, the drum machine programming, very simple, three hits and then the synth triggers and maybe fired by hand. I'm not sure, but I know that I know what you're talking about with the downshifting synth Mm -hmm. for sure. And in the first tape that he did as Etrex Morg featuring Mortar Machine, he thanks Roger Carmonic of BDN for inspiration and friendship. And inspiration, drum machine is one of those things that BDN would also use quite heavily for also very simple programming and effects, and a very simple sort of setup. And it's obvious that Marco was influenced by this sort of thing. And he said before that brighter death now and genocide Oregon, like cold meat industry, that was stuff that was influencing him and things that he loved when he inspired him to start slaughter productions. And, you know, inner war came out in 96. Uh, another classic brighter death. Now may all be dead came out in 98. Same, like just shortly after this tape would have been recorded probably or around the same time. And the, I love that, adding drum machine to it and and just putting that note in about harmonic because of this, the stylistic similarities, but this, this couldn't have been made by Roger harmonic. Right. Right. It's, it's so indebted to Marco's own sort of idiosyncrasies and that the delay and reverb sound just perfect on here. They're so nasty. There's that tight delay and there's vocals on what's a human, but they're it's inhuman. Voice moan utterances. Uh, yeah, and then the, the vocal effect that's on it, that delay that just keeps going and keeps lingering. We were just filled with the darkest joy when that mm-hmm. the vocals just absolutely cover this track. I absolutely loved whatever he was doing and whatever effect he was using on this. The sort of proclamations of the pieces that have lyrics that tie to the title too, like on the ice uh, in parentheses, destructive element, <laughs> simple drum machine just dominates this thing with this distortion and the, this, the feedback play that he's doing. It's like modulated feedback stuff. And then just the simple repetition and these sort of groaned, vocals that are quite loud and present but it's already on this super oppressive track the ande that means i walked and then ice and ande like the element of danger you know the risk the fearlessness or you know the lack of caring like you you walked and there's ice is he is you know? he is he walking on thin ice? Is he is he about right. is he about yeah. to crack? Is you know like that's are you are you facing death? Are you exactly or is your mind about to crack? Like just using those just simple words paired next to each other that way, it's just so perfect. And next to that, the hit has this perfect bounce to it, where it's not just flat, but it's it's not echoing, and and I just love that you know that 
hit with a bounce and then that just whiny flutter that you get every now and then. Oh, it's so incredible. The, the vocals cold. almost feel pitched down maybe a little bit or. Yeah, they're definitely more. doomy. Yeah, yeah. They're just. Oh. I think you said this track is oppressive and I, that's a word I would use for this too. It feels just the weight of this track is just pushing down. Yeah. yeah. Down through the ice. But, but talk about cold. I mean, this is so cold. And that and and the vocal delivery, it's not emotive. It is that it's almost like an, an omnipotent delivery. Yeah. No, absolutely. Just Sunday. You know, and it so just good. exists. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And that's <laughs> it's that it's just that magic that certain artists can do. And Marco's one of those where you just can't put your finger on what what exactly he's doing, where it starts, where it ends. It just exists. And that's how this track and the vocals on this track are. They just, they just are. They're so. They're so. And we're going to get a second take or a second edition. A little more dismal this time. Yeah, it is. It is different and the vocals are different too this is the closest he gets to more manic vocals some screeching in the in this i'm so track it's a little different than the first time there are sometimes saying the vocals like he does in the first track but there's a little bit more of that mania there's yeah i wrote frantic but mania is definitely the right he's a little bit more possessed and Again, we don't really have the drums on this one. We have this simple two-tone oscillating synth and, and uh, sort of decaying overload on this and just the, the vocals. A little bit shorter, a minute shorter than the other version, but I'm glad he decided to do two versions of this. Like I said, he's he's wallowing in it. This is this is starting to break out. Yeah, the, the, and there's that dirty synth flutter that really is even more prevalent on this one. I think it sounded like zipping flies. It's springy electricity. It's repressed darkness. And there's this crackle texture. Like, I think that I'm so reprised has this textural element, even more so than all of the other tracks, Uh, because he does do that Marco thing where everything is pared down to just the most you know, primal elements and, but together they form something that's just so powerful. Yeah. He was always searching for more simple, more stripped down. And at points here, you know, mortar machine is fuller in general, but there's points in here where he's gets to that. And especially as we get on, there's certainly one that really gets to that, but, there are points in these tracks where he gets to that simple stripped down feel that he was always searching for. I like that he says in, in another interview, he says, energy, I feel a charge of both, both positive and negative energies inside of me. And performing my music is like putting those energies outside of me. I have no idea what feel the listener listening to my music. I think they must be shocked, confused. And we will talk about one of the performances coming up that did shock and confuse the people attending oh, the show. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Death Show. Yes. Or yes. just Death Show, but the lyric repeated is Welcome to Death Show. And it's croaked out of Marco. It's almost a death rattle utterance of this phrase. The synth, this modulated synth, you get the this like searing kind of sizzle in one ear and these sparse drum interruptions. The synth gets louder as the piece goes on, but it also feels like it's like super low tuning. So the, that zippy that just like you hear the cycles of the oscillator clicking away. And it's it's just a monolithic piece here it's that psychosis synth that he does so perfectly and it's 
you're sort of stuck on that psychosis synth, and then the vocals just spill over. Welcome to Death Show. Welcome to Death Show. And th- this one really overwhelms, and really, there's these waves of torment that go through it, and it pulls back, but then it gets heavy, and you're just sort of getting washed away by this entire track. Yeah, we it it shows that we are in the death show. Absolutely. In life, we are in the death show. And of course, it's just it's difficult to discuss Atrax Morg Marco without discussing death. He left of his own choice on the sixth of May in two thousand and seven, and he had many, many thoughts on death and I would like to read one of them. I'm really obsessed and fascinated by death. I'm obsessed and fascinated by my inner fears and what troubles me. I think that more people don't accept the idea of death, but it's really hypocrisy. Their lives are fake. They don't really know that to enjoy the deep taste of life, it's necessary to enjoy and know the deep taste of death. Death must be accepted as a very natural process. Yes, she's essential in my life. It's necessary living to be dead. I consider myself dead, and it's a hard labor. But sometimes it's funny. I joke on the living. Everything is a game. Suicide? It's a chance. A chance to control your body. Suffer? Life is following the sufferings and ecstasies. The choice is yours. And you would always refer to death as she, right? She is always beside me. A dark lady, yes. And always referring to life and things such as life as a game. And it would, it would also come into his work, you know, to play. He to, loves to want play. To play. And he saw himself as playing this game. Living life was playing this game. And he was full of the contradictions that come with that. You know, I, I know we've talked about the quote in, in one of our other HX episodes about how you know he you know the how he hates everyone because he hates himself but he loves everyone because he also loves himself and he's full of contradictions he's the point between black and white and that's this the game that he's playing and this track to me really spoke to that just that idea of the death show welcome to death show it's he's playing the game in the death show It's the longest track on the cassette, the original version, and it. None of these tracks, they all, it, they all feel like they're a minute long because you don't ever want them to end. And this yes. Yes. also, this is a ten minute track. I was shocked when it ended. I was like, "Oh wait, it's already over!" Like, <laughs> I'm, we don't. I don't need it to be over. Like, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't looking at my watch. I was waiting just to see where, where more of this track could take. And, and it's certainly Mortar Machine is less sexually loaded um, or it does so in a way that is not as obvious and in a way that relates to, you know, that physical body obsession, but more so in terms of death. I would I would agree with you, Tara. I would say that thematically it is more directly about death as opposed to mixing sex and death obviously it is marco that is just a part of it but you yeah i i I think through the both happy birth death and death show the focus is more specifically on death and and that aspect of his and the cold nature of death you know the the body on the slab that type of just yeah a hunk of meat as a person animated or not animated just the fact that we have bodies is more the exploration here absolutely and then we enter territory and this took me back to last year's episode we did on Etrex Morgue with sure, Black, Black Slaughter, Slaughter, where Marco used samples on the tracks instead of vocals. Now, there are some vocals here, but they're very low, as opposed to a lot of the rest of the disc where the vocalizations are up front and in your face. This 
with being the last piece on the cassette has this sort of plodding synth and these samples and more of that feedback play that I talked about a couple tracks ago, but very much setting the atmosphere with repeated samples and like very low in the mix vocal utterances to add this extra layer that just pulls you into it. From the samples and clues are given in the samples. Um, we are Bob dismembers the body, puts it in the plastic bags. Yes, Bob, uh, we are led to believe being Mr. Robert Berdella. Active from 84 to 87 in Kansas City. Absolutely, as the subject of the Focomulus Murder 7-inch that came out this year as well, the second one of the new series. Very brutal, grim-based serial killer that's... Just he tortured his victims. He he rented a room and would keep men alive as he tortured them. And then when they passed, like one choking on his own vomit or after he'd gone too far, he dismembered their bodies, put them into trash bags and left them out for the uh, the local garbage men to take to the dump. Yeah. There's another slaughter tape that has a Bordella reference on it that came out a few years before this one. And, you know, Marco focused on a lot of uh, Italian stuff. Um, American serial killer is sort of an interesting thing. Think about reaching him. And maybe it was uh, introduced to him by Taint, who has Bordella's fist on the slaughter tape, Just Meat. Of course. Absolutely. But also, Marco did a zine murders mm-hmm. it's true never have you i've never seen it no no i i anyone who's got them let me Rare. know no absolutely and need need to see that because that was pre predated slaughter so it's something obviously he was always going to be deeply obsessed with and this just that churning synth the feedback the that dead voice and the dark hole just opening, just like the whole of going into Berdella's house. I mean, because he would also, he would inject uh, his victims with chemicals, stuff, and then take mm-hmm. their picture. And, yeah, he, and he gave ooh. various, you know, drugs to, yeah. to get them into a state whereby he could, you know, tie them up. Yeah. And then he, al- captive. he also famously ran a booth at a flea market, Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. And and you know, would had was was out there and you know, sold stolen goods. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So no Bradell is a definitely a dark character. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it just totally fitting for Marco. Totally fitting that Pat picked him for his new murder seven inch. Yeah, I describe territory as the muffled repercussions of dark desire. It's hey. an engine that's propelling that urge. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is a great track and a great way that ended the original cassette, but subsequent CD versions would have a final track. Music for Dead Brains. And Tara, what did he say about this track? Marco said specifically of the track Music for Dead Brains, the track has this surrealistic atmosphere of suspension, like to be into a laboratory full of corpses waiting to be regenerated. It's a clinic piece. And that it is, too. It's it's very hypnotizing and empty and procedural. It, it's doing one thing now. The synth is doing one thing, and that stays the same for the near 13 minutes of this track. But there's this barely present like feedback over it, and that that's changing and hovering around and providing this atmosphere and this like difference to this piece. I'm glad you figured out what was changing, because the entire time I was like, is it out of sync? Are they two different oscillators? Like, what is going on? Because it really is. It's it's mesmerizing to listen to it's like this dull click with those classic 
electronic spurts, like, like Dr. Frankenstein's lab, like that sound. And it's, and it's just so, or like, you know, like an electric chair. Uh, And it's just such a satisfying sound, but I could not figure out why it was moving around the field. Yeah. I've, I've dig this track a lot and it's a wonderful way to end the CD. It's just drills into your head. The music for dead brains and what an incredible release. Of course, gearing up for this, we've been listening to a lot of his work and Going back to the first episode we did of on Paranoia, you know, that still is one of the absolute standouts. Another one that's been a big standout is that came out right around this time, I think in 98, same year, it would be Disconnected. Oh, yeah. That's a really mm-hmm. great one. Game over, baby. That's a great <laughs> so one. And really, you can't go wrong with any, any A-tracks that you're going to put on, but it's a really cool change up to put on some mortar machine and mm-hmm. to hear a different take on his obsessions. I think an appropriate way to end the regular portion of this episode is to read some thoughts, some more thoughts of Marco Corbelli. I was always fascinated with the macabre sick things since I was a child, always obsessed and scared, but incredibly attracted to these kinds of things but my fascination is not simply interest. It goes beyond. I'm feeling close in a world that is a distant million miles away than the real world. Reality is the most horrible monster that scares me every day. Now I live totally in my fantasies, morbid, erotic, decaying. I live in a world that I've created personally for myself as a defense from the real world, the real people that I hate and that I have never share with. Someone can understand this as an escape, like someone that take a drug to escape from reality. But my game is more intrinsic, deviated, perverse. I play with the humans. It's all a game. I like to play. I'm a player. A (laughs) mad player. Ah, Marco. Forever. Well, we're going to go hop over on the Patreon and talk about some of those live shows that are available and included on the mortar machine box set. So from old Europa cafe, if you're looking to pick that up. Absolutely. So another year, another Halloween episode and another a tracks episode. Who knows what we'll pick next year. Yeah. Time. It's a sick cycle of corruption. It absolutely is. But you know that, we will certainly be doing this again a year from now. It'll always be our Halloween episode is of course, such an important day for Marco. So many releases recorded on Mm -hmm. Halloween and in October. And it's just no better artist to talk about this time of the year than a tracks more. You've been listening to noise extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.